this is Marnie with Maxim and Marnie. This is a podcast that I do for my church community that I attend in Naperville, Illinois. Uh, Maxim means truth. Um, And what I love is that everybody has a story. Sometimes people don't think um, that their story is special, but I have found that everybody's story is, and it's unique. And the more vulnerable um, people are, I think the more people are willing to open up um, and share a part of them. So I think as a community that shares faith to share our stories with one another helps us relate and connect more with one another. So that is the goal here. So today we have Miss Allison Tupac. Thank you, Miss Allison. Thanks for having me. Welcome, welcome. Um, And kind of a fun thing, um, Miss Allison and I are from the same city. Well, kind of. You're from Loves Park, right? Oh, please. Yes. So (laughs) what she just did (laughs) is she grew up in Rockford. Well, actually, Machesney Park. Oh, is it? Oh, I got yeah, it. Yeah, even poorer. Yes, we were like on the other side of the Are you judging her right now? on the other tracks. We no, were definitely yeah, I'm from the Rockford. I can't judge. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is Rockford the city of? Is it like the city Rockford of lights? Rockford, for sure. No, that's Aurora. Has, that's no, Aurora. it is. Yeah, it has lost a lot of business. And so it's it is real down and out. It's definitely mm. on the top 10 for like crime per ratio. It wasn't when we were growing up there, but yes, it's definitely become that. And it wasn't great. And schools are definitely really, really not great. It's kind of sad. But I would say, do you have people that still live there? Because the people that I have that still live there have a real 815, area code, um, pride. Yeah. What are, what are your people back home? Yeah, so I don't really know. My, mostly all of my friends have moved out of Rockford, right, just right. as I have. Jobs. Um, my brother no longer lives in Rockford either. Um, but my parents still live there. And we'll see for how much longer. My dad actually just retired last Friday, um, and my mom is retired. So they've been living there for, man, close to probably 40 years now. Right. So it's definitely their home, um, but I don't know how much longer they'll stay there once they put their house up for sale. They are going to move. They will, eventually. They need to downsize anyways. They're still living in the house that I grew up in. Um, and when you grew up in Rockford, you guys went to what church? I think you went to a Lutheran church, didn't you? Our Savior's Lutheran church. Yes, Just that's so funny. No you in the spelling. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. the only difference. And so what kind church. of church was that like? Did you guys go every Sunday? Did you go to youth group? Tell me about that. Yes, very involved. Um, going to church growing up, it was an every Sunday thing. There was, especially with my father, there was no option not to go. Um, so we went every Sunday. I was involved in what's called Logos there. I don't know if you had one at your church or not, but it met every Wednesday. And we'd have dinner together, and then we would do... It's, it's very similar to Ignition, and then we would, except it was Wednesday nights, and then we would do like our games and small groups. So that was the youth How group many I was a kids? Part of. You're asking me to reach far back in my memory. Well, like, was it comparable in size to It's comparable because when I attended, back when I was growing up in my church, it was like the second or third largest ELCA church in um, the area. Yeah, in the area. Illinois or the Synod. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. So that was big. Yeah. Yeah, and so did that personally connect with you? Were you there for friends? Did you connect on a faith level, like, as a young kid? Or do you have a moment where that... Um, I think what connect what I was able to connect more with was uh, my parents were in a Bible study together and they met for a very long time and their friends all had kids around the same age as my brother and me and that is actually how I met 
my friend Wendy, who goes to church here. Shut up. Wait a second. I never heard that. Really? No. Yeah, so Wendy Perry... And anyone that goes to celebration, a lot of people know. Well, Wendy and she's going to do the choreography for youth auction yep, this and year. And she just became a mentor in a kitchen, yeah, which is so exciting. Um, she is my longest known friend. I, I couldn't even tell you how many years we've known each other. Pro- oh my I, probably gosh, at this I point never over thirty. Knew that. Yeah, and so we grew up together in the same church. Our parents are good friends. They were in a Bible study together, so we spent every it was every other weekend together hanging That's out. Awesome. Um, and so what their parents or what our parents modeled for us has very much been become a tradition. And then how funny, because please tell about what you guys are in together. So now it, it's just, it's funny the way that God works. So Wendy and me ended up both moving to Aurora and that was not on purpose, just coincidentally. And we both ended up at the same church again, not on purpose, just coincidentally. Well, I shouldn't say coincidence. I'm sure it was all in God's plan. Um, But throughout the years, we've we've also formed a small group here. And so now we're a small group with, I think, five or six other couples, and we meet pretty regularly as well. And so our kids are growing up together. That is really, really special. Hold on. Is your son and her daughter, are they dating? Because they're kind of a thing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny you say that because they go to the same preschool, and they weren't aware that Kinley and Ashton knew each other. Yeah. And they said something. My mom went to pick Ashton up the other day from preschool, and they go, so Kenley and Ashton must know each other because there was a lot of, like, hand-holding and stuff going on. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, they have to worry about PDAs, like, in preschool. <laughs> so, yeah, they're a thing. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, so you, Allison, and Wendy... Um, both grew up together, but grew up in faith as well, which I think is so fascinating. She ended up dating a guy that I went to high school with in my graduating class, and I'm a little bit older than you guys oh. for a little Wendy brief did? moment. Yes. Oh, Should I didn't know that. Name? Yeah, it's mm, funny. Best friends after R, aren't you? I think he sings I can't, worship I can't keep in, track of how um, many guys Wendy's dated. <laughs> hey, oh, you set her up for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so wait, that's a good segue for you. Who was the um, first guy that you were in love with? Did you fall in love in high school? Is it the guy or I know? junior high or elementary school? Um, so, I mean, I feel like there's different levels of love. So the first time I actually truly thought I loved somebody, because I think I was infatuated a lot. Okay. But I'm not so sure that I had true love until college. Why would you dismiss the infatuation love? Because I was too young and naive to understand what love was. So what do you think you felt in your heart that wasn't authentic to love? Because it didn't last? Right. It wasn't lasting. It was, it was more the chase than the actual relationship that I was into. Okay. Okay. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So okay. who was the first time you were in love in, in college? Um, so I was a sorority girl and I was sitting Where did you go? NIU. Northern Illinois. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and I dated a fraternity boy named Adrian. And we dated for about, I don't know, like a year and a half. And uh, I was in love with him. I wouldn't say, or I loved him. I wouldn't say I was in love with him. Huh, interesting. A mm-hmm. uh, healthy relationship? No. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. There's some controlling aspects there. So. And how did you come out of it? 
Like, how did you become you after that? Like, how, I feel like that can be hard as a woman. So that was the last guy I dated before I met my husband, Mark. Okay. Um, and I determined in, in my mind um, that I was never going to date somebody that didn't, wouldn't allow me to be authentic and wouldn't allow me to be me. Because there was a lot of, um, it wasn't like outright control issues, but it was a lot of subtle control issues. Mm -hmm. Um, There was just things in my personality that I knew that he didn't like about me, but I was unwilling to change that because that's me. So when I met Mark and realized I didn't have to compromise who I was, that's when I think I'd experienced what real in love was. And tell me your love story. So Mark and I met, we both actually went to NIU, but we did not know each other at that time. And he had classes with one of my girlfriends from my sorority. Well, they were both business majors. They both ended up getting um, their degree and getting their first job at Hilti. So they worked together. And so he was like his work, or she was like his work girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Like they, like she would always talk about him. And apparently. She would always talk about me to him, but she never thought of, like, setting us both up. She just, I don't know, she just didn't think we'd have the chemistry. So she had a party at her apartment one night, and he was there, and I barely talked to him that evening, but the one thing that sticks out in my mind from that evening was seeing him and thinking, that's the guy I'm going to marry. Stop it. And quickly, quickly just missing it. Quickly, I was like, because he was like not my quote unquote type either. Like he was tall and thin, blonde hair, blue eyes. Like that's not typically the guy that I would go for. But I just, I vividly remember that's like the only thing I remember from that night. But it was based on what he looked like, not on what he had said, or were you having a conversation? No, I didn't really even, I didn't talk to him that night. The only other thing that sticks out in my mind is the only time he did talk to me was he like ran up to me and he had had some to drink. It was back when he drank. And he... And he goes, he goes, Allison or Allie, you're so pretty. He's like, let's take a picture. No clue where that picture went because it was before the oh, days of like right, iPhones. Right. And um, we took a picture together, and then that was the last of it. And I didn't see him again for some time. But that thought kept coming up in my mind. And so my friend, um, her name is Amanda, that connected us. Um, I had I ended up talking about him to her one night, and she was like. I don't know why I never thought of, like, pairing you guys up. So we ended up doing a double date with them, her and her um, fiancé at the time, and the rest is history. And you went out and what, just immediately connected? Yeah, I think what really drew me to him was that he actually listened to me. Like, he actually had... um, he was actually interested in me. Like, he actually asked me questions and, like, wanted to... I could tell he genuinely wanted to get to know me more. Um, so yeah, after that night, like it wasn't too long after when we became exclusive and we were engaged 11 months later. Oh, how awesome. And how long have you been married? 10 years. And how would you describe his personality? Um, he is probably one of the most caring guys I know. He's very, um, much introverted compared to me. (laughs) Um, but he is the type of guy that would do anything for anybody. And he's a very truthful, and he's just a guy, and he's just a man of character. And I find, like, that's very hard to find these days. How would you describe yourself? 
I hate that question. <laughs> well, you just said, I'll help you. You just said, like, he's an introvert. I'm an ex. So you're an extrovert. Mm-hmm. So you get fueled by being around people. I'd say I'm an ambervert. Have you ever heard of that before? Give, give it to me. Describe that. Define it. So I think that I get caught up. Um, I think being social and then <clears throat> having, like, my own time, I, I have a constant battle in my mind. With that, because ambiverts are introverts and extroverts. Yep. So I appreciate that alone time, but I also thrive off of the energy from being with others. Sure. Sure. Wait, wasn't it? Did, was it when you came on our podcast we talked about this? or We've definitely or had conversations here, about introverts and extroverts. Somebody here told us about ambiverts, but then there's a, a flip of that. Cause so you would say you're more extroverted than introverted. Correct. But if you flip it and you're more introverted than extroverted, but you're both, that has another name too. Oh, well, okay. and I we think talked about it with somebody. I, we totally <laughs> did. And I think sometimes people think introvert is not a social person. And really, or an extrovert is a real social person. And what it really is, is just an introvert could be a great social person, mm-hmm. but just needs to be fueled up How by a long time. Yeah. And, yes. and, and I would say Mark as an introvert, um, it has to do with that fueling because one-on-one, like, he's great to talk to. He's hilarious. Well, and he and, is and, and, like, very sometimes social. introverts get bad, you know, raps. Yeah, that's what I wanted to make But it's make just sure. because they're not being, like, it, it pains them to have conversations. Some some introverts. And well, Mark is not one of those introverts. That wouldn't even describe an introvert. That would be more shy or more <laughs> sure. reclusive. Because I think the, the way you get fueled is defining that. And I would consider myself shy, but I would still consider myself more an extrovert than an introvert. So you would say shy, not outgoing. Correct. Yeah. I think you're not very self-aware in that def- definition no. from how I view you. I think I've done so a very good job of camouflaging it throughout the years. So you have stretched yourself. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like you very much will greet people that you don't know or welcome, walk into a space smiling. But that's hard for me. It's not easy. You're choosing it. Yeah. Yeah. You would rather just say, I'll stand back here if you want to come talk to me. I'm, I'd rather be love behind it. the scenes 100%. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's interesting. So what made you choose that? What situation? Growing up in church? Growing up? I was shy my whole life until I got to college and kind of had to do things for myself which I feel like, you know, that's where a lot of people have their enlightening moments. And I just realized, like, just from observing um, others around me and especially, like, my mom and um, the way that she is with others, um, she's a very caring, like, energetic um, one of the people. She's very much like you, Marnie, in the fact that she would, like, just talk to anybody, Mm. welcome anybody. People feel very comfortable speaking with her. And I decided, like as I got older, that's, that's the kind of person I wanted to be. So, wow, that's very, uh, it's like a, like a lot of chutzpah to be like, I, this isn't my zone, but I'm going to, but it, it's push like anything. myself. It's like riding myself. a, you know, it's like learning to ride a bike. It gets easier and easier throughout. I, yeah. I would still say there's definitely instances where I'm like, I don't want to do this, Yeah, but I do it cause I know I need to. And then so it gets just easier. That small choice leads to the bigger choice. Yeah, right. that's really interesting. How would you describe your family life growing up? Did you guys avoid conflict? Was there a <laughs> lot of emotional sharing or was it walk away, diffuse? Um, so if you know anything about um, <laughs> people from Minnesota and the heritage there <laughs> and then Lutherans were very stoic. We don't show our emotions. But I would say I am definitely... 
in the minority when it comes to that. I'm a pretty emotional person. Um, and I'm a pretty open person. But I do feel like my family, and they're still this way, deals with conflicts where it's like, okay, we'll talk about it, and then it's done. Like, we don't open that door anymore. Like, it's it's done with. Like, let's move on. We love everybody. Like, But it was discussed. So it wasn't Yeah, like typically totally it would be discussed. Yes, yeah, so we would yeah. still discuss it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in a very polite... Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, so nobody was yelling. Oh, I was. You were yelling. <laughs> I mean, we want to be honest. So you were the one that would be like, I'm going to emote here mm-hmm. in a big way because out in the world currently I'm quiet and reserved. Yes, and my... Da- exactly, which I'm finding this in my daughter now. She's the same way, but that's a whole other subject. But sh- so I would display these loud emotions and my dad and I especially were um we had conflicts when I was in high school sure. because he just couldn't understand me and yeah. why I was so emotional and why everything upset me and everything that he did upset me <laughs> yeah I know my heart breaks a little bit because my dad said there was a period of time where I just couldn't talk to you yeah <laughs> oh yeah and I'm like Oh, I feel so bad. Yeah. But I make Because <laughs> my true. dad is definitely very much the, like, logical black and white thinker. We don't display a lot of emotions, so. Yeah. Did they say, I love you a lot? Yeah. Every night. Did you guys kiss on the lips or the cheek? Oh, no. They think that's disgusting. Yes, yeah, so do my lips. parents. But I kiss my, my mom, kids on the lips. Same. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> um, no, on the cheek. Yeah. And big bear hugs. Yeah. So very affectionate, very loving, very warm household. And what's your relationship like with your sibling? You have one brother. So I have a brother who lives in Chicago. He just finished his master's in divinity degree. Oh. Um, Yeah. Not sure what we're doing. He's going to be doing with that yet, but he Okay. Doesn't have that path clearly marked out. He'd always podcast. He could podcast. So doesn't want to be a pastor, is not currently in no, ministry. No, he's actually leaning more towards, um, he said, counseling. So oh, we'll see where, what, what ends up with that. But um, yeah, he's been living in Chicago for quite a while now. Um, and he's been married for a couple of years, but they don't have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, live in the city life. But you guys life. are close or very different? No, we're very different. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of respect and love for one another, but we definitely are like on two ends of the spectrum which isn't it interesting when you think about you and him because you love him you respect him whatever but then you think about your own kids and you're like oh my gosh I want you guys I hope you're close oh a hundred percent because especially because Audrey and Ashton my two kids are almost exactly the same distance apart as my brother and me and And Audrey's the older one and yeah younger yeah same thing Mm -hmm. how would you describe your kids personalities um, so for Audrey, she is a spirited child. Yeah. Keep going. Keep <laughs> um, going. So she's very compassionate, but she's a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't want to say stubborn. What's a better word for stubborn? Like opinionated or has her own vision mm-hmm. or a director or. Strong-willed. Strong. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. Strong-willed. Um, and she's very much into, I can already see, like, she's right-brained. Like, she's very into art. She's very into theater and music and dance. And that all interests her a lot. Um, and she has no problems 
even though she's shy, making friends. Ooh, she makes awesome. friends everywhere that's she goes. That's awesome. That's a gift. Yeah. And how would you describe Mr. Ashton? He is my affectionate How old child. is he? Tell everybody how He'll old he is. He'll be four on the 30th, September 30th. And Audrey's in first grade. Audrey's in first grade and she's six. Okay. Just want to, just for reference. Um, Ashton is my affectionate child, my sensitive child, and he is a goofball. I mean, he'll do anything to get a laugh. I and this love is that. All stuff that we've noticed, like, since he could talk. Yeah. So he's going to be, he's, that's the one to watch out for. He's going to be the, we kind of feel like the class comedian. comedian. I may think not always that's take amazing. <laughs> I think that's winning at life. <laughs> I, I mean, I think there's very few things that are more important than like being funny. This kid's one-liners. It's just, where did this come from? <laughs> How do you feel like now you're entering school and I feel like there are um, certain types of parents um, at the schools. I'm at an elementary, a junior high, and a high school. And that's how far oh, my wow. three kids are spread yeah. out. But there are different types of kids. There are our parents, rather. The parents that can't have a conversation quick enough to tell you that their kid's like an all-AP and honors um, and accelerated situations. What is your feeling on all of that? You mean... Okay, say that again. (laughs) So there are parents, I think, that put a lot of um, success in achieving high academics. Mm. Um, And that's very important to them. That's very validating to them. That's very validating to their children. Um, Whatever the dream is for what college they're going to do or where they're going to go in life, I'm not sure how that all ties into that. But there is really that... um, well, they got to be on this track, and then they got to take this in junior high because I want them to have this stem because then they went to high school. Where, where, how do you feel like you're in that, or, or where? I'm not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So for me, good grades is obviously very important. Um, both Mark and me earned. Well, Mark is very smart. He probably earned above average uh, grades. We interviewed his me, father. So her husband is the son of Gary. Yes. For those who don't know the connection besides the last names on here, yeah. Yes. Gary was on two episodes ago. Yes, yes. and so Gary's Gary was super smart, and so Mark is really smart. Yes, he was so, reading before, like when he was three, before he was Patty. Wait, so are, we giving, really are we giving smart. Gary all the credit here for Mark being smart, no. or are we going to give Patty? Well, I'm just <laughs> He's saying. He's got a lot of his mother <laughs> in him, too, teasing, and that's, teasing, more the, that's more the social skills. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love you, Gary. Yeah. Um, so... Um, so no, grades are important, but um, to me, it's more my child finding their way and what their passions are and fostering them in that process. Ugh, That's bravo, a dear. lot more important to me than uh, achieving high grades in chemistry where they may not ever use that again in their life. Yes, 100%. Um, what was school like for you? Um, I was an average student, and I had a small group of friends um, in high school. I went to the same middle school in high school in Rockford. I went to Lutheran High because, as you said, the public schools aren't the greatest in Rockford, even back when I was growing up there. Um, so, Did you have Marty Colway as a teacher, the religion teacher? I feel Mr. That, sounds Colway. For, that sounds familiar. Yeah. I might have. Yeah. Shout out to Mr. Colway. How do you know? My brother went there. Oh, well, there we go. I think we've talked about this yeah. before. Um, so I, but by the time I was a senior, because I had been there since I was in seventh grade, I was ready to be done. Like, I was ready to have my freedom. I was ready to get out of Rockford. Um, so I would never say that I was, like, 
super focused and super passionate about one subject. In fact, I still don't know what I want to be when I quote unquote grow up, but I also enjoyed academics, if that makes sense. Okay. Well, that's a real tribute to the teachers. So what do you do now as a segue to that? Because how you say you don't want to, you don't know what you want to do when you grow up. What do you do now? So I work for DeVry University and I am in the Registrar Services Department. Um, my job basically helps other students get into school. So we like evaluate their transfer credit from other schools, admission, we admissions placement, um, all of the all the steps. There's a ton of steps to getting into college. So we do a lot of that. Um, the nice thing about my job is that they are very much into work-life balance and mm. very flexible. And so it works very, very well. What is your schedule? I work Monday, Thursday, Friday, eight hour days. Can I ask and a question? And then Tuesday, Wednesday, you get to be at home. Mm-hmm. So I'm, the, I'm actually the only part-time worker on my team, but that is something that that's they offer. awesome. Yes. What's your question? Well, because it's Maxim and Marnie, so you have to tell the truth here. Have you ever taken a bribe? Have I ever taken a bribe? What oh, is that? Like the oh college scandal. Yeah, I've got to know now. No, You're in the system. Come I am on. telling the truth because we actually don't talk to the students. Um, the student services department talks to the students. We oh. communicate with student services. So yeah. when I say I like to be behind the scenes, I'm telling yeah, you the truth. This is your job. You're behind the scenes. Yeah. It's- so if you were to daydream, because this is a great work-life balance for you, um, what would you want to do? Do you have any ideas? Yep. Or, okay, what? I would like to be an investigative reporter. Oh, <laughs> I love that. So journalistic, so a good mm-hmm. writer. So my major in college was English. I love so that. So it kind of ties in. And are there topics or stories that you go like, this is what I would want to tackle and expose? Cold case files. <laughs> Oh, yes. okay. So like real 48 hours, real like 60 minutes-ish. Dateline, Soft all that. Crimes. Okay. Do you ever listen to the I podcast where they do that? When I tell, oh, yeah. When yeah. I tell people this. No, that's interesting. So what? The details, the discovering, the all of it. vindicating the life that was ruined. What? What oh. is the... What's the draw? Yeah. I think I think you named it all perfectly. It's all of that. It's uncovering that mystery and like weighing all the options and figuring out what truly happened and who, you know, basically finding hopefully finding justice for the victim. And it doesn't yeah, drive you crazy the that. amount of time that takes so much time. Like we see it, like you watch a show or listen sure. to a show, you, you see it in like 30 to 40 minutes. Yes. But that has been years of that Maybe, person's life. Yes. And it also depends on the podcast because there's <clears> some podcasts that I've listened to and I'm like, just get to it. Like just get yeah. to I don't need to hear all the interviews. Like I just, just want to know. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's an interesting goal. I like this. Um, what would you say that you and Mark do well as a couple? Like, what do you go, you look at your marriage and you go like, we do this really well. We partner well in this way. We communicate well in this way. We prioritize this well. Well, man, that's a hard one. Um, I have to say, even though parenting is always a challenge for couples, I do feel like most of the time we're on the same page when it comes to our parenting styles. Yeah. And how would you describe him as a dad? Um, he is strict in the areas that we both agree need to be. Yep. Um, but he's also makes room to be that dad that can be 
maybe not their friend, but somebody that our kids feel comfortable opening up with, somebody they can be playful with, um, somebody that they can color with and go to the park with. And yeah, so playful. Yeah. yeah. Engaged. <laughs> I guess I didn't yeah. need to add that extra part, but yeah. No, 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 no. You're perfect. Yeah, I love that. How would you describe you as a parent? I'd say the same way, except for I'm a little bit more, like, get down to business because I'm with them more. So, like, I don't do those extra things, like, the playfulness as much with them. I'm more like that I'll give you a hug when you fall down, like, and comfort you, or let's talk about what happened at school today, like, how does this make you feel, let's talk about our emotions type of mom, more than, like, the let's go play at the park together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you do intentionally in your home to have faith um, be a part of your family with either your marriage or your kids? Um, so, obviously, we go to church. We try to try to do that every week. Um, and then we've got the small group, too. Um, so they're getting exposed to that through small group or exposed to Christianity through small group. Tell me about like a typical small group experience. If somebody's never been a part of a small group, do you begin and open with prayer? Does everyone go around and talk? How do you pick the topics? Are you reading the Bible? So we're actually right now kind of on a break. We haven't been doing it for a while. I'm coming to your next one. Yeah. So that's what I was just going to segue into. So, um, Kaylin and Ryan Baumgartner are part of our small group, and I know that Kaylin is working with Pastor Brian right now, I think, to set something up. But we are planning on having the kids actually be a part of some of our discussion this next time around, because how it's been in the past is um, we typically do the Bible study with just the adults, and there's babysitters there um, with the kids. But we want to incorporate all of this with the kids as well. So I don't know, maybe you can like... Wow, that sounds like a lofty goal. I I can, I can tell you, I can tell you what I'm preparing or you can wait till October 4th or 5th or whatever that night is. Well, that's not been <gasps> put in stone yet. So. Oh, I've put it in stone. I called her and said I'm there. Okay, everyone in my small group, do you hear that? <laughs> yeah, mark your calendars. have to find a meeting place. <laughs> my, yeah, my, my thing is... I think it's ex- like what you guys are aiming to do is extremely important. A, uh, practice what you want them to see. So the fact that you guys come to church, the fact that you're meeting in small groups, small groups get missed out. Like our church, I wish we did a better job at it, um, but it's extremely important because as a pastor, I can't meet with you know the on average 200 people that come to celebration a weekend i can't i can't be in all of your homes but what you can do is be meeting with one another and when things come up whether it's with your kids or within your small group support one another and then reach out to the pastor when something happens we we need that and um i wish more people had an in um, so maybe this is like a cool little pilot and you guys can say other small groups can totally do this too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my, my, my goal is to give you guys some easy tools that you can do as a group, but also tools that you can do on a nightly basis. Which is perfect because I feel like the kids definitely need to be more included. It, it just need to simplify the information a little bit more. Yeah. Well, and I think really, I remember um, being here, I I don't know how long we've been here, but a long time, like 17 years-ish. We had a pastor, I think it was Pastor Will, I don't exactly remember, but it was a really simple, tangible thing. And he said, when he puts his kids to bed, he does a cross on their forehead and he says, Jesus loves you. Actually, I don't know if this is what he said. 
but Brett and I now say, mm-hmm. Jesus loves you and so do we, or so do I. Jesus loves you, so does your mom. Um, and we've done it for so long that the kids do it back to us. Good. We don't make it every night. But it was a, just a, it's just a silly, but I don't even want to say silly because it minimizes it. I think there's power in it, and I think it's a sweet moment that then becomes a part of, like, your family culture. So I think, do you, you guys... Do something funny? I never even thought of do that. Do it. So... What? So we do. Th- I do this. I do the same thing. That's my little thing with my kids, but especially with Audrey and me. So I will make the sign of her cro- sign of the cross on her, both of her cheeks, on her forehead, on her nose, and then kiss her on the lips. And I say, Jesus loves you. So do we. Sleep oh, with I angels. Sweet that. dreams. Good night. I love you. Oh, I love that. And so, like when we have babysitters or they stay overnight at like one of the grandma and grandpas, she has me do that before I even leave because yes. she feels like she can't sleep without it. Yes. All right. So now I'm going to reveal, and hopefully your small group. <laughs> listens and we can still gather. Um, so I'm going to introduce what's called Faith Five. I didn't come up with it. A guy named Rich Melheim d- uh, did. And basically it's about any family can do this. And it's five simple things. Um, if you as a family can intentionally take that moment um, and you start when the, the sooner you start, the easier it's going to become when they're high schoolers um, and college age students. So um, five simple things you can do with your kids. Even if you do one of these steps, it's uh, impactful and you'll, uh, you'll see in a second. The first is share. So to share highs and lows. Um, all of these have theological purposes, biblical mm-hmm. purposes, but then also like brain chemistry, things that it does. So each person in the family shares a high and a low. You can call it whatever you want to call it. Um, right. Where Sue Harvey said Sue they Harvey. would share gratitude. <clears throat> right. So, we do highs, lows, and <clears throat> cute boy sightings at our dinner table. There you, there you go. <clears throat> so you get to call it, but like whatever <laughs> it works to bring your family together, you can do it at dinner table, you can do it before bed. But it when, when for instance, your child is able to talk about something bad that happened or something that good that happened, it releases you know, chemicals, um, into your brains to the point that through this process, all these things that you do, even if that's it, when they dream, when they sleep, they're going to continue to release that and actually be able to dream and, and, and it helps them to actually rest. Oh, I love that. So share highs and lows. The second one is to read the Bible and, um, faith five, um, produces every single piece of scripture for every single day for three years. And it's very simple text, like one liners. And basically you, so you share, highs and lows, then you read. The third one is reflect. So what does this mean to us? Mm -hmm. You know, oh, um, God is with you in all things or something, you know, like let's say it's a quote from the Bible. Then you'll say, well, yeah, God's with me in my low or God's with uh, dad when, you know, he had a rough day today. And, you know, it, you know, we're never promised great days, you know, kids draw those connections. We all draw that. And that doesn't have to be very long. That one, the, the fourth one is prayer. So you go around the circle and, um, you can choose a leader for that night to pray, or you can have each person pray for the person next to them, but it's creativity and breaking those molds that we have to say these exact words for a prayer to happen. And, um, or how powerful would it be to hear dad pray? If the kids never heard dad pray, they've only heard mom to pray. And then the last one, you guys just talked about it, is bless. Uh, you bless your child and they bless you. You make the sign of the cross. You could say, uh, my phrase that I always say is, uh, you are a loved child of, uh, or God loves you for Christ's sake and will never let you go. And, um, but like you can say whatever you want to say, God loves you and so do I. But to have you do it to your child, but for your child to do it to you is huge. Yeah. It's big. And they realize that they can bless you. They can ask God to watch over you. They can pray for you. They can hear your highs and lows. 
think about breaking down all those barriers. That's what I'm introducing to your group is that. And I will provide you every piece of scripture. And here's the thing. If your group, if your family um, walks away and says, we're only going to share highs and lows for five minutes and you, you've put away your phones, dad's not working, everybody's there together, think about the benefit to your family. Think about if you did two of those things when they're in college and they come home yes. and they expect to you know, share what's happening. There, there's not that I could never talk to my dad about emotional things. Everybody's on the same page. Everybody is dedicated, invested in one another. That's, that's the goal. I mean, I would love for that for my family, for the church's families, for you all as a group. It's going to take a while. If you guys all share highs and lows and uh, read and reflect, you have to time it out. So if it's in a big group like that, but to show other families how to pray that, I think it's huge. It's good. What do you guys do? Yeah, I do too. What do you guys do? Do you do anything of those? You do the blessing. Yeah, no, we do. um, It's it's more of a shortened version of that, but we do... um, we don't do highs and lows. We try. It's very hard to get, especially well, Audrey. Well, listen, totally. you're in a season. You're yep. in a season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like school is her time. It's like her time away from us. So it's like the, the thing that she can have control over, uh, I feel like. So it's uh-huh. hard for her <clears throat> right now to share. And you know what? It might be better for her to say, what did you have for lunch? What book did your teacher read? As opposed so, to an open-ended question of declaring... Mm-hmm. Right, best and, I'll, and lowest, and I'll get into the nitty gritties too. Uh, because when I when I come to your group, because there are rules through all of those things, so you have to establish rules. Like everyone, everyone has to share. Everyone has a low, and um, and and you might have a go to phrase if you can't necessarily mm-hmm. share at that moment. I don't remember is what my kids always mm-hmm. say. And, but my <laughs> thing is, give them permission. Like remember, I, I'm constantly giving permission as a pastor. You're yes. giving them permission to be able to share with you. When they're ready to share. Right. And I think also like when this becomes available or if that answer comes Mm -hmm. to you, yeah, like giving that flexibility of allowing that to not happen in that instant, right? And someday they're going to be teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Because then they can say when, when and where they want to say it. Right, mm-hmm. right. Because if you're like, oh, I want you to say it right now, I feel like the reason that Audrey doesn't respond is oh, because she wants so control funny. over it. Well, then maybe let her control if we're going to do a funny and a gra- something we're grateful for. What do you want to do? You want to do a scary thing that happened or a surprising thing? Or I you like pick you yep. pick how we're going to answer tonight because you, you don't to have to have it. it within that parameters. Yeah. Hmm. Right, so you could say name something funny or embarrassing, or, and yet or everyone you get still to shares. Tell us. Yeah, and wait until they're pissed at Mark. You know, like <laughs> you know, they're that's they're gonna share their low and just share it there. But at least you get it out. Like, yeah, think about and and you're in a, you, you said that uh, Allie's in a stage now. You're you're in a stage every time. Like, it, wait wait till they're teenagers and they're they can't figure out their hormones or how to communicate or how to control it. And can't wait for that. But you you want it. You you want the child that can come to you, can speak to you, can oh, share it with you. Agree. Yeah. Then and and so that's why I'm like I applauded your group. I'm like I know exactly what I'm going to introduce you to. I love it. You and here's the thing. I'm excited. I know. Even I if someone powerful. listens to this and they're like, I'm going to try one of these things. A hundred percent. I to me, I'm that's why I constantly share about Faith Five. I didn't come up with it. I think it's a great plan. Yeah, I do too. So we do the prayers every night, but. Um, 
when you were talking about um, not having to be the same pat or breaking the mold and breaking the patterns. Like yeah. I love I that. Feel very much like and that's okay. I need to hit every single yes. like thing to pray for. Yes. Every, you know, it's like it's a ritual. It's, yes, yeah. kind of the meaning isn't there then, but they're so young still that yeah. it's hard to. I think it's still good. Yeah, I mean, it's. Do you and Mark ever pray together? We do. Probably not as much as you we should. You do. Probably not as much he as He prays should. or you pray more when it's you do that? It's typically me. It's typically you. Yeah. 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 But when he does pray for you, super powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Same. Yeah. Um, okay, so you've talked a lot about your small group that you interact with, um, but selfishly, I want you to talk about your other thing that you do here in ministry, which is um, you're a high school mentor at Ignition. Yes. So tell um, everybody a little bit about that experience. Um, so I've been doing it, I don't even remember if this is my second or my third year, so I'm still oh pretty Oh my new. gosh, I would have said third or fourth, that's so well, funny. Well, there was one, the first year I did it, I um, shadowed all the groups, just kind of get to get an idea of the different mentoring styles, um, and then I joined a group, like I said, either, I think, maybe it is my third year doing it, and I just, I just love it. Yeah. I love connecting with, well for lack of a better term, the future. Yes. <laughs> the future of our church and the yes. future of America. <laughs> yeah. What's the thing that you love the most about? Just getting their perspective on life. Yeah. And what is surprising about it? Is there anything that you're like, huh? I think just how much times have changed because I feel like since I was that age, like I feel like it was just yesterday in some mm-hmm. ways, but then there's like so many times that I'm like, wow, it's been a real long time since I was that age. Right. Um, like some of these kids, what, were they even born yet when I graduated? Yeah. So um, <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're, so the bullying and the social media and all of that, like that's new and fresh to me. Like that's stuff that I didn't experience when I was younger. So it's, although I can relate to it, it's harder for me to relate to it because I didn't have that. Right. In those forms anyway. Yeah. I'm just so proud of them with the experiences they get at our church. Mm-hmm. The going to Haiti, going to the Dominican Republic last year, and they were on a 24-hour flight, and it was miserable, and they didn't get their phones for a week. And people always say, like, they can't be with their phones. And they did it willingly and excitedly, and they served, and they're these global citizens of serving the world in this beautiful way that I just didn't have the opportunity at their age. I, me either, and I think it's absolutely amazing. I mean, I've never left the country. So the fact that these kids would choose to spend their spring break helping others. Right. I mean, that is the heart of Jesus right there. Right. And it's shining through these kids. And I just think that is, so it is so worth investing in that. I know. And how do you, do they ever pray in your small group? I feel like my small group's really bad about praying before we go to the big prayer. We're bad about that, I have to say. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think we're good at it either. I feel like we do it really rarely because at the end of Ignition. I'd like to improve on this year. Yeah. Like, I feel like sometimes, like, let's pray for each other. Like, when he was saying the circle, like, pray for the person next to you, Uh that's really challenging for some people, but I know that we've done it. Yes. Yeah, and it stretches it's, people. It's challenging for me, too. I mean, right. praying out loud for me, it does not come, you know, supernaturally. It's, again, it's a, it's, a, it's something that's practice. I agree. It's going outside that comfort zone. I agree. I agree. Um, what would you dream for our church or something that you would dream for the future um, of your home here or in the community here of the people? 
um, just to keep doing what we're doing, but to become even more involved um, just in the ministries even around Naperville. I mean, we do loaves and fishes, and we do... Um, well, I might forget pads, but I just, I would like to do even more, like, maybe something with, um, what's that group the that has the domestic shelter in um, Aurora? Um, I know Old Post is doing something It's for with women. Them. Yeah. What is the name oh, of it? I did but not walk. Lazarus House. It's no. that's, uh, that's That's similar to pads. Uh, what is it for women? I used to work with them at my last church, These too. are women who... Like domestic violence, and they live in like kind and they of a provide shelter, counseling, emergency housing, yeah. emergency housing, yeah. all of that for these women. I mean, I I've known people that have gone there. Wow. Um, so to to partner with that, um, just just to look out for opportunities. I think these podcasts are great. It creates awareness um, of what's going on in our community and issues that arise. Um, but I, I don't have, like, one specific. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love that you serve in the small group, and I love that you serve at Ignition, and I think your family being here and worshiping with us is awesome. Do you know that she was also on my call committee? She's one of the reasons why I'm here. No, well, thanks for bringing Pastor Brian. You were the first person I physically met, like, I was out thinking here about that on the way at here. Celebration. Um, yeah. And then we went downstairs That's for my first special. interview. Yeah. Did you like being a part of that? I did. It was a little <laughs> nerve wracking for me because I had never been a part, like sure. I'd never been on the other side of interviews. Sure. Um, and I know that you were a part of the call committee for Pastor John. But it so. feels like a big deal. It is a big deal, yeah. I think. But I mean, I think like I've been a part of things where like, this is a big deal, but it really feels like a big deal when yes. you're doing it. Like, yes. oh gosh. But it's also, it's a lot of responsibility. Yes. It's bringing... It's bringing a pastor to our congregation that we hope will fit in well and we'll challenge, be, yeah, and, yeah, encourage all of those things, right? I think we did a good job. I think okay, good. I'm good like, job. you haven't said like <laughs> he, he fits in or how it's going. I hope you know. I mean, come on. <laughs> Just yeah. in case I don't think anybody there was needs confirmation, the though. The poor guy had to come and give a mock sermon for us. So yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah, that was, is rough. It, well, we didn't do that. That's interesting. I think because we were looking for one specific type of like style of speaker for mm-hmm. celebration specifically, so you really wanted a sense of it. Yeah, it, it's well, it's yay, a unique good job. It's a unique community here. Like it, it, the celebration, actually, so is our saviors. Like it's a big, big ship, and and you have to have many hats and people to adjust for but, sure. But celebration has like expectations, yeah, about uh, sermons. And well, you do a great job, and I didn't know that as much at the time because we had really just started attending regularly, like not even probably a year before I joined the call committee. So there was other people that that, that knew more about about that. That but. character. But how great that then that gives you personal ownership of your community that you're being a part of that. So that's kind of great, too. She owned it. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming. Is there any other thing that we should dabble in before we let you go? We super appreciate you giving us your time. I think that you touched on a lot of stuff. How was your first podcast experience? Because you're really into podcasts. (laughs) I think it was quite lovely. And I'm very happy that Marnie asked me to be on. Well, I'm so glad to have you. And and please, if anybody wants to be on, just let me know. I would love, 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 love to talk to you and share your story. Everybody's got a story. 
So they can email you at maximandmarnie at gmail.com. Yeah, I check I don't it. ever. Okay, you oh, check I do. it. Yeah. Like, can I ask so, you, what is, where do you get Maxim from? Well, I really like an alliteration, Allison. <laughs> I was originally Marnie Moore. So I was looking for something that represented truth or vulnerability. So I was looking up synonyms. And so Maxim is a synonym for truth. Very interesting. Um, so truth in me, but the T is a T and M is. Sounds better, Maxim and Marnie. I like don't it. You think? Oh, yeah. I think it's a solid. Do you name. just think of hot babes on the Maxim magazine? Is that why you're actually asking? that never even occurred to me? So <laughs> oh, good. Because I was decided like, to go there, not me. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll say it now. Um, if we had a boy, one of the names that were in the running was um, Maxim. Oh, how funny! What yeah. if you have more? <laughs> Weird. Well, we're now just revealing all future names. Uh, <laughs> that, that wasn't the top runner. <laughs> okay. But be, because I do Max, like that name, Max Wise. Mm-hmm. Or, or no, that was the middle name. Max wasn't it? is going to be a solid it was, boy name it was, for forever. It was Ari yeah. Ari Maxim Wise, because um, like Maxim, I'm like, oh yeah, really Ari. wise. Ari, and I love truth. the name Ari. Truthful Isn't wise. that a girl name? No, Ari is a Jewish male name. It means oh, uh, like lion. Aria. It means lion. Yeah, Ari, Ariel, Aria. Like it all stems from Ari. Oh, okay. So I, I think it means lion. Well, yay. We like all your names. So on that note, (laughs) thanks for coming, Miss Allison. Thanks Thanks for listening, everybody. It's been a pleasure. Bye.